uh, welcome again to community. We, uh, we just want to thank you so much for joining us, whether you're here with us in person or joining us online. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we are getting close to wrapping up our series uh, in, where we've been talking about the second half of the book of John. And, uh, and we're just so excited that you've joined us this week because it is so important to be here and to continue to worship, to continue to dive in to what he has for us. And so as, as we're in this series called Final Instructions, again, we've been in that second half of the book of John. And if you've been here, you've known that uh, the second half of the book of John is actually like the last two days of his life, of Jesus' life. And the last couple of days of Jesus' life, and then after he comes back to life. And so we're getting really close to wrapping it up, and, uh, and we're so excited uh, that you're here for us. Uh, it, last time I saw some of you guys were, uh, I was up here praying for our middle school students, getting ready to send them off to camp. And, uh, and so after that, I literally went missing for a while because I went with our middle school students off to camp. And uh, look at them. They are so excited to be there, half of them. Um, it was so awesome. Um, but I, I enjoyed being there. It was an awesome time to, to get to know them. And uh, one of the big takeaways from middle school camp is, is that this generation, not just our middle school students, but our high school students, our elementary school kids, they are so open to faith conversations. They are so open to just talking about faith, talking about how faith can be real in their lives. They're, they're open to how God can move and work in, in their lives. They're, they're just open to conversations. And so uh, we, we sat down and we had some cool uh, conversations with them. We had some good conversations about what it looks like to, to really let your faith live out in your own life. Uh, we had conversations about like how you can actually take this home with you, and so it, it was really cool to have some of those conversations uh, with them. And so, as parents, I want to challenge you: continue to have faith conversations with your kids, whether they're in middle school, high school, elementary school, preschool. Have those conversations with them uh, because it, it's starting to, to build a faith foundation for them. And I want to challenge you: this: don't just like pass down your faith and, and let them just own your faith. Teach them in ways that they can own their own faith. Show them what it means to really be a follower of Jesus. And so I want to challenge you to do this. Uh, we, we challenge you to live an epic lifestyle. Show your kids what that really means. An epic lifestyle, for those who don't know, is, is to spend every day with Jesus, to show practical love, to be intentional in ministry, and to comprehend and comprehensive investment. So with your middle school, high school student, show them what it looks like to spend every day with Jesus. Open up the word with them. Study with them. Pray with them. Spend every day with Jesus. They're going to have questions. That's fine. Dig in. Figure it out together. Ask questions with, with them to us. We want to help you to have those faith conversations. Practical love. Show them how to love your neighbors in a real way, in a real way, practically getting plugged in. Show them what it looks like to show practical love to those around you. Be intentional in your ministry with them. Intentional in, in pouring into them, but also show them what it means to be intentional in your life to minister to others. You're praying for your top five inviting people to church, all of that. 
and comprehensive investment. Show them what it looks like to invest every part of your life in what God has called you to do, to spread the love of Jesus. With your time, talents, abilities, money, show them what it means to to be comprehensively invested. And so I want to challenge you parents to do that. And, And this fires me up just because this is the opportunity we have as as a family ministry, as a family, to help our next generation, our generation that's coming up, that's gonna change our world, to help them to have faith. So I want to challenge you with that. The second thing that's happened between the last time I saw you and now is that I got to go on vacation. And it was really good that I got to go on vacation because it, it gave me the opportunity to, um, to really unplug for a little bit. It gave me the opportunity to, to relax, to unwind. Uh, it gave me some extra time with my family. And, uh, and one of the big things I took away from vacation is this. Sometimes we need to slow down and rest. Sometimes in in the hurriedness of life, we just need to stop and rest. And sometimes we take that for granted, that we're called to rest every single week. We're called to take a Sabbath. And so God was really, really talking to me and helping me to remind me that sometimes I need to just stop the, the continual running forward and to stop and just be with him and rest in him sometimes. And so I don't know if it's for you but, or if I, it's just me that just runs all the time, but I want to encourage you, stop and rest in him sometimes. It's so important. It's so important for our lives. And, uh, and while I did make it back last Sunday, uh, we had Jake here with last weekend teaching us. And uh, Jake did an amazing job, didn't he? Yes, Jake did an amazing job talking us through well, uh, John chapter 18. If you missed last week, I want to encourage you, go back, watch it. He, he was talking about how we are called to a new kingdom. And our, our kingdom is not here in the world. It's not a kingdom with rulers and anything else, but we are called to a new kingdom. And so last week, Jake brought that word. I want to encourage you, go back, watch it if you missed it. Go back, uh, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you're watching us now, join us and get plugged in that way. Uh, it was so good. Uh, and, and again, like I said, we are at the end almost of this series called Final Instructions. And in, in this series, we've been, we've been talking a lot about what it looks like to, to see Jesus' life and what his final instructions that he was imparting on his disciples and on us are. And as, as uh, we're going to be diving in today, I, I just want to ask an honest question from some of you guys. How many of you have ever bought a car? Yeah, that is like the most fun thing to do, Right? So you walk on the car lot, you choose the car you want, and then you get to drive it home like in 20 minutes, right? That's exactly how it goes every time I go, right? You walk on the car lot and you choose your car and then they try and upsell you on this. Or you walk on the car lot and, and, and you choose whatever you want and then they try and get you to, well, what if you did this instead? Or, or they, they, they try and get you moving forward and, and doing different things. And buying a car is such a fun process. But eventually, you get 
to what you, you've like talked to them and told them exactly what you want. Uh, you, you get to a point where you've agreed finally on the price you're going to pay, and then they go and get the paperwork ready. And that takes a minute, and then you go down, you sit down across from someone, and, and they walk you through, this paper is for this, and you sign it, okay, and this paper is for this, you sign it, and, and, and you sign like 30 pages, and, and you're ready. And then you get to drive the car off the lot, right? It's finally yours, unless you bought a car recently where you have to wait another week and then you get your car eventually, but you get to drive it off the lot. It's finally yours. And it's exciting, right? You're driving around, you're just cruising. It's yours, finally yours. And then something happens. You get the bill. You have to make a payment. And so end of the month comes or whenever you make the payment, you make the payment. And then the next month, you make the payment. And then the next month, you make the payment. And you get kind of in this, this rhythm of what it looks like, I, I, I make the payment this month, and this month, and then this month, and then finally, finally, at the very end, the best part of it all, you get to the final payment. The Israelites were stuck in something like this. They, they were stuck in this, this system where they, they felt like they were never getting ahead. They were never getting to that final payment. And when we pick up our Bible, right before Jesus came, the, the Israelites, they were waiting on a savior. And they had this system that God had put in place, a sacrificial system where every time they sinned, every time they made a mistake, they, they had to make a sacrifice, and so they made a sacrifice, and then they made a sacrifice, and then they'd go to the temple, and they'd have to make a sacrifice, and, and make a sacrifice. But then Isaiah comes along. Isaiah's this prophet. And in Isaiah chapter 53, he prophesies that, that there's going to be a, a Savior to come along, a Messiah to set them free. He's going to take on the weight of their sins. He's going to be pierced for their transgressions. But then they have to wait even longer. They have to wait hundreds of years, actually, after Isaiah gives them this prophecy before Jesus even shows up on this earth. And they're, they're stuck in this waiting mode, making a sacrifice. And, and so, so the, the, the Israelites felt a lot like we do sometimes when, when we're just making that payment, make that payment, make that payment. But then the Savior comes and it's like whenever they finally got the Messiah in front of them, they didn't actually see him. And that's exactly where we're going to pick up today in John chapter 19. John 19, you can go ahead and turn there in your Bibles. If you have a Bible, you can open up your Bible app, follow along in there. John 19 starts out right after Jesus is interrogated by Pilate. He's like, who, who do you say you are? Who are you a king of? Where is your kingdom from? And, and Jake covered it this last week, but, but John 19 starts out with Jesus being beaten, with Jesus getting a crown of thorns put on his head. He's being spit on. He's being teased because he says he's a king. They put a, a purple robe on him to show he's royalty. 
In John 19, as Pilate walks him out onto the patio, it says, as soon as the chief priests and their officials saw him, they shouted, crucify, crucify. But Pilate answered, you take him and you crucify him. For, for me, I find no basis for a charge against him. Oh, too far. And the Jewish leaders insisted, we have a law. And according to that law, he must die because he claimed to be the son of God. See, see Jesus was in front of them and they came to this moment where they, they were just done with Jesus. Jesus had claimed all along he was the son of God. We see it in John 18. Like John 18 says, my kingdom's not here of this earth. It's a kingdom of somewhere else. We, we see in John 14, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus wasn't saying he's not the son of God. No, Jesus was saying very clearly to these people sitting in front of him, I am the son of God. And if you've watched or you've been with us the last couple of summers, you've, you've heard these statements. He, he said, I am the vine, you are the branches, cling to me. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus didn't, didn't shy away from it. And so they were mad at Jesus because he, he had proclaimed that he is the son of God and they, they wanted to kill him. This, this person they had been waiting for for hundreds of years, they now wanted dead. This this person, this Messiah, this Savior who, who they had known would eventually come, whenever he did come, they, they were standing right in front of him. And they still chanted, crucify, crucify him. And as the day continues to move forward, they continue to, to chant, crucify him, crucify him. And, and we, may, we may look down on, on the crowd of people that were surrounding Jesus, chanting, crucify him, crucify him, because they missed the Savior in front of him. But sometimes I think we're in that crowd chanting too. We believe that Jesus is the Savior, yet in our lives, we, we put him over here in a box, and he, he really can't move and work in our lives. We believe Jesus is our Lord and Savior, and we put him in a box, and we say, nope, nope, I can't tell my friends about him. I'm going I'm to set him over here so no one else knows that I'm a Christian. Or, or we're, we're in the crowd chanting, crucify him, because in our lives, we, we put him over here in a box. He, he's only here in my life, going to move and work on a Thursday night or a Sunday morning when I'm here at church. And so we're in the crowd chanting, crucify him, crucify him too. We're, we're chanting, crucify him, because... We have so much hate for, for someone else that it drives our lives. We're chanting, crucify him, crucify him, because we, we just, every time our kid does something wrong, we snap. We're chanting, crucify him, crucify him, because every, every moment that that we have the opportunity to, to tell someone else about him, 
We don't let him really move and work in our lives. We're chanting crucify him, crucify him because we don't like the other people. We, we're, we're, we're not letting love and joy and peace work through our lives. And so our lives, we, we've, we've just stopped acknowledging Jesus really in our lives and instead just started living our own lives again. And so we're in that same crowd of people that wanted him dead. But it doesn't have to be that way. Because Jesus came here for a mission. He came here for a mission to, to set us free from all of, that mis- all of our mistakes, all of our addictions, all of our pain. He, he came here to set us free. And that's, that's what John 19, it, it says here. Later on, it says, later, knowing that everything had now been finished. And so that scripture would be fulfilled. Jesus said, I am thirsty. And a jar of wine vinegar was there. So they soaked a sponge on it, put the sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. And when he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his own head and he gave up his spirit. I know we talk about this a lot at Easter because we know it's the story of the death of Jesus. But I think sometimes we need to be reminded that Jesus at the very end of his life, when he had finished his mission, when he had done everything to fulfill the law and the prophets, he, he had done everything he had come on this earth to do. At the very end, he, he said, it is finished. We, we've talked about this word. The word here for it, it is finished is, is the word tetelestai. Tetelestai, when, when translated literally from the Greek to English, means paid in full. In our lives, God has made a way. Every debt that we have, God has paid it in full. The the chasm for us between God and us is done. See, in our lives, everything we've ever done wrong has separated us from God. and, And it created this great chasm for us between God and us. And at the very end... When Jesus gave up his life, he said, it is finished because he had finished bridging the gap. This this gap is so wide because every single one of us is messed up. Every one of us is not living a perfect life. If you're living a perfect life, you're, you're not acknowledging you've messed up. Each one of us is messed up. And because we've messed up, there's this great chasm between us and God because we can't be in in the presence of God with sin in our lives. And it says this in Romans 3. It says, for all have sinned. That's all of us. For all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Each one of us is messed up. We've made mistakes. We've sinned. We've separated ourselves from God. 
We've fallen short of his standard. And that's our life. But it doesn't have to stay that way. We don't have to live in our sin. We don't have to live in in us falling short of God. If we read the, the whole passage around this, it gives us so much greater context and so much more hope. Romans 3.22 says this, this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all believe. Righteousness is, is being made right, being made whole, being made holy again. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all believe, who believe. We can have faith. If we have faith in Jesus, we could be made right again with God. And there is no difference between Jew and Gentile for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Each one of us have sinned. Each one of us have made mistakes. But here's the best part. And all are justified freely by his grace. All of us have sinned, but we are all justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came through Christ Jesus. Church, this is some good news. This is something we can be excited about. This chasm was so great between us and God, yet we can have this chasm wiped away through the redemption through Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen, church? We can be redeemed through him. Jesus has made a way for us. Jesus paid it all. And grace can be given to us because of Jesus. Redemption from our sins, from our mistakes can be given to us through Jesus, through his love for us. That's what's so great about the gospel it's not this, this condemning thing for us. Instead, it's the redemption for our sins, for our mistakes. That, that Isaiah 53, that, that person that is prophesied about that's gonna take on all the weight of the sin, all of the weight of the iniquities that's gonna be pierced for our transgressions, that is all talking about Jesus because he can take us our weight. He can take away all of our sins. He can take away all of the weight of the, the mess ups we have in our lives. He died for us. He made a way for us through his sacrifice on the cross for our sins. And that's why on the, on the cross, he said, it is finished. It is done. I've paid the price for you. It's all paid for. You can be redeemed through Jesus. You be redeemed through him. Verse 25 says this in Romans 3. It says, God presented Christ as that sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, 
He had left sins committed beforehand unpunished. And he did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and be the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. For our sins, for our mistakes, the only thing we have to do is to have faith in Jesus for that grace to cover everything. He is the way. He is the truth. He can give you life. He paid it all. All for our sins, our mistakes, our mess-ups. He made a way. I love how Ephesians 1 puts it. It says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is Ephesians 2. And and this is not from yourself, but it is a gift from God. This, This grace is a gift we can receive through Jesus. It's nothing we can earn. It's nothing we, we have to do this and this and this so that we can get into heaven. No. The price was paid on the cross for us. It was finished on the cross for us. The gift of God is grace. Is grace through faith in his son. He has made a way. He's made that final payment for you and me. Back to that car payment. One of the best feelings is getting that car payment, that final notice. This is the final payment. This is how much you owe on the car. And then you send that off and then you wait a little bit. And then you get a a letter back in the mail. It's a notice that says paid in full. And it's the deed to that car. See, that gives us opportunity to celebrate. You get that, you go in your car, you do your little happy dance, you're excited because it is yours. It's paid in full. You get excited about about what is now yours. I believe God is the same way. He's made that final payment for you and I. He's excited when one of us says, I'm in for you, God. I'm all in for Jesus. He he gets excited. His angels in heaven, uh, they celebrate every single time one of us says that we're all in with Jesus. Every time we accept him into our lives, his angels celebrate. God celebrates because he gave up everything for us. And he chose us. Just like when we go on the car lot, God chose us from the moment he created the world. 
Ephesians 1. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. From the moment that he created the world, he chose us. From the moment we were were conceived with our parents, from the moment we were born, God chose us. I don't know who needs to hear it today, but God chose you. He chose you. God chose you. And he paid the price for you to be a part of his family. He made the final payment. Jesus paid it all for us so that we can be a part of his family. And so I don't know what it looks like for you today, but to to live like Jesus has paid it all for you. I don't know what it looks like for you. Maybe you need to take him out of the box and let him be a part of your entire life. Maybe for you, it's the, you're ready to take that step of faith to say, I'm all in with Jesus. Jesus, I, I, you paid everything for me. And you're ready to say yes to him today. We wanna have that conversation with you. We, wanna, uh, we want to talk with you about that. There's going to be a prayer team down front at the end of service. But also, if you're joining us online, you can go email us, office at community, or you can go to the app and just say, you're ready for Jesus, Put that you're doing a first-time decision. And we want to have that conversation with you of what it looks like to say, I'm all in with Jesus. Because he gave up everything for us. He wants to set you free from your sins, from your mistakes, from from all of your mess ups. He wants to set you free from that. He paid the price for each and every one of us. And he's given us the free gift of grace for our sins. Or maybe you've taken that step of faith You've said, I'm all in with Jesus. You're, you're ready. You, you've taken the step of faith, but you've never, you've never made it public through baptism. We want to encourage you to take that step of faith and, and say, I'm ready to make that, that statement that I'm all in. Baptism is an outward sign of an inward change. Baptism is, is to tell everybody around you, I, have, I, I want God to be over my life. If that's you, we, we want to talk to you about that. We want to celebrate with you. You can, you can fill out the app, email us, do whatever you have to do. We want to celebrate with you baptism. Or maybe for you, you you've been living your life. You've accepted Jesus with your, your whole life. And, and you're just, you've never really said, I'm all in. You've never let him be all a part of your life. You've never taken the step to say, Jesus, move and work in my life. Jesus, lead my conversations. Jesus, Jesus, help me to see my neighbors. I I wanna challenge you this week. Don't just leave Jesus here or don't just leave the gospel here. Go and tell. 
our faith isn't something that we just hold on to for ourselves. It's something we're called to go and tell our neighbors, our friends, and, and to teach them about his word every single day. Go and tell others. So I want to challenge you. Are you letting God's grace live through your life? Are you letting the, the, the sacrifice of Jesus live through your life? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your son. God, who gave up everything, who paid it all for us on the cross. God, we thank you that he finished exactly what he came here to do, to set us free. God, we thank you. God, that you continue to, to give us grace on grace on grace for our sins. It's in your sons that we pray. Amen. Right now, we're, we're going to move into a time of communion. And so uh, if you want, we have trays in the front, in the back of the room. Make sure to grab both cups. One has the juice and one has the bread. is is the story of why we do communion. Jesus was on the cross and he was crucified for us. He paid it all for our sins. And so whenever we take communion, we, we do it in remembrance of that sacrifice for our sins. The bread represents his body, broken for each one of us 
on the cross. You can take that now. The juice represents the blood that was shed. The blood that was the atonement, the blood that bridged the gap between us and God. The blood that washes the slate clean so that we don't have to be separated anymore from God. Take that now. God, thank you for your son. God, that gave up everything. God, that paid the price for our sins to make us whole again with you. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys for joining us this week. You guys are dismissed.